0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. All right, so again, this is our family life class. Uh, my topic for this portion on ministering to the, the family, spirit, soul, and body is about the body. And subtitle this is. The body is for the Lord, and we'll definitely get to that passage scripture today. Um, So, again, just keep in mind these things we've been teaching about all these sessions around the spirit and the soul, and all these messages go hand in hand together. They are connected. Um, And and so, again, for for my portion about the body, one thing I want to just do a review of is that the body is an expression of what's going on in your spirit and your soul. Again, you can't see your spirit, can't really see your soul. You can say different things about it, but the body you can see, you can touch, you can smell, you know, your body is there. Everybody can see your body. So what goes on in your body is an expression of what's really happening to your spirit and your soul. And so it's an instrument for you to perform the intentions of your spirit and your soul. Don't tell me that your spirit is right and your soul is right, but your body is not. There's then something wrong with that. Um, So keep that in mind when we talk about these things, because that's how the importance, they all all fit hand in hand, right? The whole makeup of man, the spirit, soul, and body. Every one of them has their purpose. All right, and so the objectives for this teaching was discuss what is the standard of the body, and we've spent most of our time doing that. Um, And then we're going to get into today, what is each member of the family responsibilities as pertains to the role of the body. All right, so... Turn with me to Romans chapter twelve, because we've talked about what is the standard for your body? Romans chapter twelve. Romans twelve, starting at verse number one. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. So be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we see here that, again, the standard for your body as believers is that you have to present your body as a living sacrifice. You have to present your body as holy. You have to present your body as acceptable unto God. And this is all three are your reasonable service. This is your expectation as a believer. You know, welcome to the kingdom of God, right? You now have to present your bodies in this format, right? That is your responsibility. God is not doing it. You have to do it. You have to take responsibility of presenting your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And so we begin to talk about living sacrifice. And we said that living sacrifice is you have to discipline or buffet your body. As a living sacrifice, your body is a living organism. In other words, if all your body knew before you became born again was the things of this world, the things of the sin nature. So that's all it knew. And now all of a sudden now you're born again. Now you have to train and teach your body everything that pertains to the kingdom of heaven. Which is a whole nother dominion that your body has no idea what uh uh what what it means to be in the kingdom of heaven. Right? You have to train it. You get to deny your body things that are not holy. You have to deny your body things that are not acceptable unto God. And then we talk about what are these things that are not acceptable unto God? And we went to 1 John chapter 2. We won't go there this morning. uh, But we went to 1 John chapter 2 and talked about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. All these things are not of God, but of this world. But your body is used to that. That's all your body knew. right? So now you have to train your body to get out of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. That means you have to discipline your body. You You have to discipline and train it. To get it away from those things, and then we got into when we got into the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, then we really got into the pride of life last week, right? Because here's the thing about the pride of life, right? It gets you caught up in this world's uh, desires, this world's ambitions, and you forget about the things of God easily, right? And your body will fall right into it, right? I mean, you you'll put religious statements around like I'm doing these things for for the kingdom, but no, you're doing these things for yourself. See, understand, everything about the body is self-satisfaction, self-gratification. That's what the body is about. The body is about itself. Right? That's the body. Right? And so, when it comes to the pride of life, you know, we we talked about this on last week, that you have to control, discipline, when it comes to ambitions, where your heart's at. These prideful uh, attitudes that we have. And when it comes to the family, that's why we have this challenge the with me about the foot washing. Because even in a family unit, husband, wife, children, uh, there's prideful activities that are going on. In other words, in that, in that activity, everybody's jockeying for position. Right? Everybody feels entitled. The husband feels like he's entitled to things. The wife feels like she's entitled to things. And you know the children, they always feel like they're entitled. Right? And so having the foot washing helps you understand that, hey, everybody has their proper place and order in the family structure. Right, so I hope you benefited from, from that, and I hope you took the challenge of washing uh, the feet, you know, husband washing your wife's feet, right, wives washing your husband's feet, children washing your parents' feet. It kept it all in perspective. You know, and then you learn some things. You know, when it comes to that foot washing, it takes time. What I mean, it takes, it takes time to prepare. Right? It takes preparation. Right and and so and then when you're actually washing the the, you're like a husband has a husband you're washing your wife's feet you know you're not arguing in when you're sitting there on your knees right down there with with your towel and in in the basin you know it it gives you a sense of of humility and that's what it was all about because you should be service to your husband you need to be serving in your home to your family that's your wife right that's the one that you married. That's the one that you've taken an oath from, you know, that you, you've made a vow to. And it reminds you of that. And so again, I, I hope you caught what it was about. Again, I know the first day was, you know, it's kind of cute. Trust me, by day five, you're like, is it over yet? For some of y'all. And then some people, they, they learn, and say, oh, this is, we're going to continue this activity. Right? You know, I, I tell you, God is so good in that simple exercise. That's why obedience is so important. In that simple exercise, you'll find out there's things that you can improve on in your in your marriage. You can carry it forward. And it's simple things. Simple things. And you, and you wonder how come some people like they marriage like how come you y'all act like y'all so still lovey dovey in a sense after years. You know, we've been washing feet for a while. <laughs> we just hang y'all in on this. You know, you, you better catch these little nuggets. While y'all call and everything else that you think is so important but you know, it's am I'm gonna tell you something, it's nothing like putting your hands on your wife's feet. Your wife enjoys that. I right, I mean go on. Yeah, I, I hear you. Anyway, if you ain't figured it out yet. Keep on. You'll learn some things as we continue on in these teachings, right? But it's always about humility. So we talked about the pride of life. We got into that. So again we're gonna uh continue with this in this morning because it's a place I definitely need to get to. Um we're gonna talk about we talked about holy last time and again this is the standard of your body, right? That's believer. So holy means you have to set your body is set apart for the purpose of God. That's what holy talks. sets. you have to be set apart for the purpose of God. So that means you got to set your body apart for the purpose of God. Meaning that I cannot expose my body to every and every any and everything. There's certain things that my body should not be exposed to because it's set apart. So what things that my body should not be exposed to? Alcohol, drugs, pornography. You know, there's things my body should not be exposed to. That's your, that's your reasonable service. That means you've got to deny your body and start pulling you in a different direction. It's like, no, we're going to go over here, body. I, I can, I'm not going to allow my body to be exposed to certain things. And then the third thing here is acceptable unto God. Right? This is things that I, I need not to subject my body to things that are not, uh, <clears throat> that are uh, sin towards God. That means I cannot subject my body to things that are sin towards God. Sin. What are things that are sin towards God that I can't subject my body to? Fornication. Sex outside of marriage. Adultery. That's sin. I cannot subject my body to fornication. I cannot subject my body to adultery. Right. That's what it means about acceptable unto the Lord. I mean, and here it is. There's no gray area. You know, it ain't like, well, she's kind of like my wife now. No, she's not like your wife. Either she is your wife or she's, or she's not. And you know how she becomes your wife, right? You took a vow, an oath, right? You, you had a testimony, and a witness, and you, you had a wedding, some kind of ceremony. That's how she became your wife. And you only have one wife at a time. As a matter of fact, you know when you have know, one wife at a time, one wife almost for a lifetime. That's it. Anyway, so, so that's the thing that's acceptable in that God means I cannot expose my body to things that are, that are sin towards God. That's my reasonable service. That's your service. But here's where I always say, you know, like, well, people in here are like, oh, that's, that's hard. Yeah, it's hard. You know why it's hard? Because your body is used to sinful things. But that's why I love the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. God did not leave us alone with our body. The Holy Spirit dwells in you to help you. That's why the Holy Spirit is there. I, I'm here. The Holy Spirit will convict you. The Holy Spirit will convict you even the thoughts that you have before, you, before the activity happens with your body. When the thoughts come in, the Holy Spirit will convict you right then. So don't go there. No. And then now you have the, the choice to make. So look, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We can get into this. First Corinthians chapter 6. For how we need to present our bodies in living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. This is our reasonable service. right? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly, and belly for meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. So again, we're talking about what is the role of the body. Your body, is very clear, is not for fornication. And let me help you. Well, you say, well, it says fornication. Any kind of sexual activities or sex, uh, 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 self-gratification... Because fornication is all about self-gratification. Understand, don't get caught up. I understand fornication is sex, but it's more than just sex. You know, you can have self-gratification and self-satisfaction going after other things that we talk about in the pride of life. You can be fornicating with the pride of life. Because <laughs> you're after it. In other words, you have these fantasies that you're going after that becomes idolatry to you. He's talking about these things as well. Because, you know, we're so quick to get religious. Well, I'm not having sex with nobody. Yeah, but I'm telling you, you are intimate with other things that has not to do with God that is sin. But your body's not for that. It's not for fornication. But your body's for the Lord. That means my body, I have to keep my body in a place where it's obedience and service to the Lord. The body is for service to the Lord. And you have to uh, subject your body to obey the Lord. Again, your body is for service for the Lord. That's what it's for. Why do you think you've been brought to you in the kingdom for such a time as this? It's service to Him. That's what your body is for. It's not service for you. It's service to the Lord. And now, you, you think about that, when my body is for service to the Lord, then that means God has given me a, a responsibility, expectation to take care of this body in a certain format, in a certain way, so that it can make sure that it can have the, the proper and effective way that I'm going to serve the Lord. That means i got to be a steward of my body. How can I service the Lord when, when my body is out of shape? So that means there's certain things I need to eat, there's certain exercise I need to do. That, that, that's all part of my reasonable service. It all fits in we're talking about the role of the body, and we're talking about ministering to the family. You're the you're the steward of this body. It's nothing like having a tired server. I mean, you've been to, you know you've been in restaurants and you have you know you go out to eat and then you have a, a server that comes, a waitress, a waiter, and they're tired. They're sorry. They're lazy. Nobody wants no lazy server. I'm gonna tell you something. You know if I, if I get some water and you can't keep my water refilled, then something's wrong with you. We ain't even got to the meal yet. You can't. You are having trouble just refilling my water. And nobody wants to hear about how tired you are. Hey, that's your job. I'm here to eat. I'm paying. I'm a paying customer. You see what I mean? So that's what I mean by your body. You have to be a steward of your body. You have to buffet it. And your body resists you the whole time while you're buffeting it. But you still have the responsibility. See, you see, this is all areas that we can improve on. That's what I mean by the body is not for fornication. It's for the Lord. Service to the Lord. Okay, it's in verse fourteen. God hath both raised up the Lord, and will also raise us by His own power. Know ye not that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them a member, members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Right? That means that when you commit that act, the sexual act of fornication with somebody you're not married to, you just sin against your own body. What, What does that mean? I sin against my own body understand this God has made this body to, to uh, design for a certain arrangement a certain order a certain function and God knows God knows what he's doing your body already has a way that it needs to operate it knows right that's why I said some things you, you don't have to even teach your body knows how to respond you know, in other words you touch something that's it's hot your body knows how to pull away you're going to tell the body oh pull away you know it's like oh it's hot Oh, that's cold. You spit things out. It's, you know, your body, that don't taste right. You know, your body already has this mechanism. It knows how to function. But once you commit an act of sin, of fornication, now you've disrupted that order. In your own body. And you wonder why your body is not functioning properly. <laughs> because of that fornication. That you're caught up in. See, here's the thing about fornication. You know, we, in our mind, we, again, I'm not saying in our mind, our bodies just say, hey, it's all about self-gratification. Not think about the consequences of it. It's impacting more than just you think, well, it's just between me and this individual. No, it's more than it's y'all two that's impacting. And it's the impact is, you know, when it comes to sin, you, you think you know what the impact is. You, let me say this. You think you know what the consequences are. You don't know what the consequences are understand that you just know there's consequences but everybody wants to tell here's how, here how we are we want to tell God I'm going to commit this sin and then we want to tell God this is my consequences that's not how this works you're not going to tell God what the consequences are for your sin for your disobedience think about David David to me is a great example when the sin he committed with Bathsheba when the prophet came and talked to David he said the sword would never depart from your house And David repented. And God forgave him. But the consequences took place for generations to come. David lost that child. Then David's other son had an issue with his his other brother because his other brother had a a sexual act with his sister. I mean, all that stuff transpired. And then the the other son killed that son because of that. I mean, all this stuff is happening. And then the other son rose up against David I mean, I mean all this put David out of the kingdom and then that son became in his mind king and then slept with some of David's concubines I mean it's just what? all that because of that one act see I'm telling you see David hey, trust me he knew that was all I had to be like oh Bathsheba keep, keep, I won't even see you uh, hey sorry I know you're bathing you looking good but girl stay at your palace I'll stay at my palace I'm not if he knew all that was coming I'm sure he was like no way but see, that's, what we are. that's how the enemy is. He'll never show you the consequences, the death of the sin. And again, it'll last from generations on. Impact. Right? But your body is going to impact it too. Understand that you're going to have to deal with some things as well. So you put things in motion for generations to come because of the sin, but also you impacted your body. That's why I mean by fathers and husbands. Flee fornication. Please sex outside of marriage. Even when you're in your, in your unmarried state, your singleness, right? Don't get caught up in fornication. You're setting things in motion that you can't undo, right? Now you have to endure it. And it's hardness. And it's more than just, oh, the girl got pregnant. It's more than just having a child. There's other things that are going on that you set in motion by your fornication. Than just having a baby. Again, a baby having a baby is a huge thing too, because the baby grows up.
1: Everybody loves the baby.
0: It's when we become teenagers and young adults and talking back, and you know, all those. That's when it's like, wow, what did I just create this monster? Yeah, fornication, sin. So fathers understand that. Again, that's a responsibility. Flee fornication. Teach your sons and daughters not to be fornicators. How are you going to teach your son and daughters not to be fornicated? You're going to teach them how to buffet their body. you got to teach your children how to buffet their body. Discipline. That means you can't get everything you want. And that's part of the process. Teach your children that. Right, there's a time for this and there's a time for that. There's a time for play and there's a time for work. Everything is not play time. Because I'm going to tell you, when you become young adults, when you become teenagers, you, you plan. And you have yet to grow up. There's a time you should be heading towards maturity. Anyway, so parents should be fathers. You help your children when it comes to that. Bring them to a place of maturity. I means you've got to give them responsibilities. And make them accountable for it. And make sure they follow up on it. As parents. Unless they're going to be caught up in fornication. And they're against their own body. And then later on, they'll be like, what, what's going on with my body? Yeah. And i because later on, you forgot all about that fornication you was doing. Then later on, it shows up, and you're like, what happened? And you go to the doctor, and they like, hey, I ain't nothing I can do for you. Just here's some pills. Here's a few shots. For the rest of your days. Good luck with that. All because of this fornication. You, you, you set things out of order in your own body. You know, you know what I love about God. God Always warns us. He, God tells us, He lets you know, right? Every sin, verse eighteen. Every sin that man does is outside of the body. Without the body, means outside of the body. But he that commit that fornication, sin against his own body. Verse nineteen. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with the price, therefore glorify God in what? In your body, in your spirit, which are God's. So that means now that you are born again, understand this, your body is not your own. Your body is God. This is His. That was part of you making your 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 declaration that I I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. That means your body now belongs to Him. You've been bought with a price. That price is the blood of Jesus. Has cleansed us and washed us and made us whole. So that means i got to glorify God with this body. Because it's His. And because it's His, that's why I said I love it. How do I know my, my body is His? Because verse verse 19. Know you not that the body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? Again, that's why I love this Bible. I'm saying I love being a believer. Because God will send His Holy Spirit in you as you become born again to help you. To to make sure your body is for the Lord. Go back to those teachings we had on the Spirit. That is for you, to help you. The Comforter is there. So now my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So now guess what I need to expose my body to? Temple practices. What are temple practices I need to expose my body to? It's called worship. It's called praise. It's called prayer. It's called fasting. See, I, these are things I need, I need now. expose my body. You weren't doing none of that before you got saved. But now I need to expose my body to temple practices. Worship to the Lord. Praise to God. Prayer. Fasting. These, now, now, these things I dispose my body to on a continual basis. Because your body is, is not your own anymore. It's for God. That is your reasonable service. That's what is acceptable unto God. And the Holy Spirit is there to help you. To help you in these things. It's not your own. Alright, so now let's let's get into the role of the, the body for each particular member. As we lay down this foundation. Let's talk about the father. The husband. The role of the body for the husband. All right, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5. God is faithful. Ephesians 5, the role of the body for the husband. Ephesians 5, look at this in verse 22. It says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, And he is the Savior of the body. So we see that in verse 23. We'll stop there for a minute, right? It says, the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. So that means husbands, you have a responsibility to be a Savior of the body. What does a Savior do of the body? Protection. Right? That means you have a responsibility to protect not only your, your body, but your wife's body. You will get into this. Verse 24. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present to it himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as a Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this call shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh. So as a husband, enroll the, the body for the husband. I have to be able to examine these things we just talked about. The same standard we talked about for the body. That means a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable God. I have to have these practices in place in my home. I have to be a living sacrifice for my family. Fathers do. That means as a father, as a husband, I gotta deny my flesh. And the family needs to know that I'm about serving them. And these are things we're taught before. Every role, every role, or responsibility for each member of the family is to serve and obey. Service and obey in obedience. And as a father, I need to lead in it. I need to be the example that others can follow in my home by service and obedience to one another. That is my role. Again, as savior of the body, I got to make sure my family is protected. I got to make sure my wife's protected. Right? That's part of that's part of me being a savior of the body. Here's here's natural things I need to make sure. I got to make sure my wife has what she needs before my needs. My wife needs to have what she needs. That's that's the role of this body, right? That means I got to make sure I get my body in in a position and place where I can be able to, to support my family, support my wife. The things that she needs. I have to do that. More is more about her than it is me. You know, I remember a statement that my founding pastor said. He said, no man can love their wife more than I love mine. And I think brothers missed it. They, they're looking at the things and the stuff. But it's the heart that he had towards his wife. He understood how to take care of his wife. He understood what his wife needed. And look at, our, look at our, our, our current pastor now. Because obviously he understood what she needed. Because he helped her to get in the place she is now. So all these things come true like, hey, you know, the brother's still speaking. <laughs> telling us how to, how to, about our family. Can you imagine, why are we even going? Can you imagine you went on to be with the Lord? Because so that day is coming. And then what would your wife be? I'm just saying, well, she had her own responsibility. See, here we go. That's on her. But what about your part you did to prepare her for the work that God called her to do when you're gone? See, that's why I understand why you're like, yeah, you, you don't love your wife more than I love mine. I'm preparing her for the work. Even in the time when I'm my departure. See, God is just, God is just so good. See, that's what I mean about, I mean about fathers. You have to be a living sacrifice in your home, right? You have to prepare your family for your departure. But you know what you're preparing your family for? It's for you there. It's all about you. Everything surrounds you in your home. Right? Everybody got to wait till you come home for the eat. You're the one that controls the moat for the TV. You know, every, you got to watch everything. It's all about you and your home. Please. That's not God's order. You should learn that when it comes to the foot washing. You started with the father. The, fa- the father didn't get his feet washed first. His wife got her feet washed first by you. There's order in that. You're the first one to show service. So while you talk on that big time noise, I wonder when, you, when that day comes when your departure happens, where your wife going to be at? Can she continue on with the things of God? That's being a savior of the body. When it talks about it here in, in Ephesians. providing for, for her needs. Well, she can go on. She's not concerned about how she's going to make it when you're not here. I mean, you know, like natural needs. She's going to have a GoFundMe page about because she needs money because, you know, anyway. None of that. Here's my, I'm telling you something. Here's my thing. I, 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 on purpose, again, I learned these things from this ministry. I learned these things from my founding pastor. I, 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 on purpose, to make sure my wife and I ask nobody for nothing. Not even my sons. And I love my sons, but please. My, my, my wife is not my son's responsibility. I'm talking for my house. When I'm gone, that's not their responsibility. My wife is not their responsibility. It's mine. And I purpose to have enough set aside for her, even when in my departure, that she's taken care of. They have to ask them for nothing. That's my that is my responsibility. Not them. And again, like I said, nothing like mama and their sons anyway. That's a whole different I mean, mama and they boy I mean, it is what it is. They're gonna do whatever that's their mama, so they're gonna it's gonna it's gonna something's gonna transpire anyway. But I'm gonna make sure I've done my part. She don't have to ask for nothing. They're gonna be sitting there like Mama, Daddy, what? Really, Daddy? He left you with all them bills? And we got enough to... Anyway, anyway, I got to move on. Understand, that's responsibility. That's the role that you have, fathers, in your home. Savior of the body. Prepare. Love your wife as your own bodies. then when it says holy, when I talk about holy, that's the living sacrifice part. Then holy means set apart for the purpose of God. Right. That means for, for my wife, I understand that, I, I hey, her body is set apart for the marriage covenant. That means I'm going to rejoice with the wife of my youth. I'm going to rejoice with my wife. I have to treat her as a precious vessel that she is. My wife is a precious vessel. 1 Peter 3 and 7 talks about the wife as a precious vessel. And the word in 1 in Peter 3 and 7 talks about weaker. Don't get caught up in the word weak. If you go look at it, it's talking about Precious. She is a precious vessel. That means I should never disrespect my wife's body. I should never put my hands on my wife's body to hurt her, to discourage her, to abuse her, to intimidate her. I should never do that as a husband. That's the role I... That means I can't take the members of my body and put it on my wife's body. Because you ain't... Again, you ain't putting your hands on your body to hurt yourself... Again, you love your wife as your own bodies. Then that means I'm not going to put my hands on my wife's body. I'm not going to hurt her. I'm not going to disrespect her or her body. I'm not going to degrade her. I'm not going to have her do degrading acts either. Again, that's what I mean as a, as a husband. That's the role you have with your body. I'm not going to expose my wife to these things. Now look at this in Proverbs chapter 5. See, husbands, understand that. I mean, hey, your, your wife is, is your wife. All right? It's your responsibility. Remember, you said I do. Who takes this woman as a lawfully wedded wife? I do. When you say that, that means your responsibility. And that's why it says that you know, a, man should, a man should leave. I mean, you left father and mother house. Now it's your responsibility. Don't abuse your wife. Stop abusing your wife. And when I mean, physical abuse is also verbal abuse. I'm not going to verbally abuse my wife. I mean, I'm not going to call my wife the B-word. R- really? You're going to call your wife a female dog. Or you're going to treat her like a female dog. Your wife that you said you married. No. Husband, uh-uh. There's, there's certain language I'm going to have towards my wife. There's a certain mentality I going to have towards my wife. See, I understand this is learned behavior. Because when you get a marriage, that's what I mean. That's why I go back to the, there's the pride of life that happens in the marriage unit. Everybody feels like they're entitled. Everybody wants to dictate to them, to the other spouse, to their wife, what they need to do. What about you? It starts with you. I'm not going to tell my wife what she needs to do for me. I'm going to show her by doing for her. Proverbs 5. Look at this in verse 15. It says, Drink waters <clears throat> out of thine own cistern and running waters out of thine own well. So when it says, Drink here waters out of the own cistern, it, it's, again, we're going to get into this hopefully in a minute. Uh, it's really talking about the marriage relationship. Right? And for husbands. Husband, you need to drink water out of that own cistern. That own, your own cistern is your, is your wife. That means you gotta be refreshed and drink from your wife. Now, how are you gonna be refreshed and drink from your wife if you didn't put anything in her? So that means, uh, like the cistern, right? It, cistern is a waterproof receptacle that holds water. I mean, it, but the cistern, the, it's not automatic the water gets in there. You gotta put water in there. You can't drink without putting water in. <laughs> So when it comes, again, this is about sowing, when it comes to your wife, you got to be able to sow into her. She is good ground. How is she good ground? She's your wife. She's good ground for you. You have to sow into her and then you'll be able to drink waters from your own cistern. That means I got to stay with my wife. I'm drinking from her. I'm not drinking out of somebody else's cistern. That's their cistern. I have drink from my own. What do I mean by drink from my own? That means the labor that I put into my wife, I will get from that. Someone was trying to drink out of somebody else's labor. you trying to get refreshed from someone else's labor. No, I don't need to drink from your water, your cistern. I need to drink from my wife's cistern. I got to work to put it in. She's the one that's been, that's what the marriage covenant, she's there to refresh me. After I put it in. Because we would go there and tell your wife, oh, well, you should refresh me. You, I mean, you're just so bitter. Just, you never say nothing. But what you put in there? It's on you, fathers. It's on you, husbands. Put in there. Drink waters out of thy own cistern and running waters out of thy own well. Now, when it says running waters, it's talking about continuous refreshing, a continuous flow. It's nothing like having a continuous flow of water. That means your wife should be that continuous flow refreshing for you. Continuous. Again, that's what we keep telling you. Marriage is no joke. Marriage is work. Because the only way the flow is going to continue is you continue to work at it. If not, it will stop. It will get stale. It will get stopped up. And that's where a lot of marriages are. The honeymoon has been over. Now the marriage happens and all of a sudden they're like, what happened? Because you're not putting in the work. Marriage is not dating. Marriage is not courting. Marriage is a covenant for the rest of your days. And you got to put in the work for the rest of your days. So in order to be fed of it from your wife, and you know, fed be refreshed from your wife, you've got to have the continuous work you've got to put in her. Verse 16, let thy fountains be dispersed abroad and rivers of waters in the streets. Let them be only thine own and not strangers with thee. Let thy fountain be blessed. Hallelujah. And rejoice with the wife of thy youth. You need to be rejoicing with the wife of thy youth. Rejoice. Pleasure. With your wife. It's amazing. We can't, we rejoice with everything else, but we can't rejoice with your wife. Spend time, put in the work, and then verse nineteen: Let her be as the loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breasts satisfy thee all uh, at all times, and be thou ravished always with her love. I'm saying, I mean, this is godly counsel to to you fathers. Again, we're still talking about the fathers and the husbands in the role of the body, right? When it comes to your wife. In her body, you should have a mentality for her that is lovely, that is pleasant. Again, verse 19, let her be as a loving hind. Hind's talking about a deer in a pleasant role. He said, let her be as. That means my mentality towards my wife is lovely. It is pleasant. It is fresh. And get this. This this is the thing. The mentality I have towards my wife does not matter how she treats me. In other words, it is not dependent. Well, if she does right, then I'm going to treat her right. No. It starts with you. I don't treat my wife based on how she treats me. You know, love is called a choice. Remember, I love my wife's body as I love myself, my own body. I choose to love my wife. I choose to treat her a certain way, not based on how she treats me. Because, again, keep living. Right, this time when your wife won't treat you so well. Say things to you that are ugly, but I'm not going to... Re- I don't respond with evil with evil. Learn these things in Matthew. Anyway, learn these things when it comes to the, the kingdom of God. Husbands. My mentality towards my wife is always lovely. Always pleasant. And I'm going tell you something, if, if there are times when I miss it, I'm going to go back and apologize to her. If I say things to my wife that is not lovely, that is not pleasant, I'm going to apologize to her. I don't care if she went off on me and then I responded because she went off on me. I'm, I was wrong for going off and responding back to her that way. I have to go back to her. This is the counsel, right? Lovely, loving, always pleasant. And then it says her breasts. Her breast is part of her body. That means my sexual satisfaction needs to come from my wife and nobody else. I like that. Her breasts. So satisfy you at all times. Brothers, learn this. Get, don't get caught up in your own fantasies about somebody else's breasts or body. Remember, the breast is part of the body. Somebody else's body, you're caught up in. And your wife's right there with her nice body. Well, my wife's body's not nice. You, that's your wife. Go back to being lovely and pleasant. Because trust me, you ask her about your body, she's got to say some, some things about your body as well. But your wife's body, she's there. Her body's there for pleasure, for you. And it should satisfy you at all times. I, lo- I love it. Satisfy you at all times. That means I'm not looking for nobody else's body to satisfy me. You know what she said at all times. That means never a time in my life in my marriage covenant that I need to go outside of that to get satisfaction sexually. Never she should. Satisfy you at all times. Your wife, and be ravished. And so where ravished means intoxicated. I should be intoxicated always with her love. Well, my wife's not that lovely. She married you. I'm gonna tell you if you, if you can't think about anything else that's lovely about your wife, she said I do too. And you know how you are, husbands. Again, we're dealing with the, you know how you are, but she still agreed. And because she said, I do, she's worth all that love back towards her at all times. I'm intoxicated with her love. That's why I tell you, it's sometimes good to go back to your marriage vows. Go back, if you've got it recorded or whatever, go back when you said, I do. Go back to what the, the preacher said. Get, you know, fast forward all the other prelims stuff. Get right to the vows of the five minutes of the program and listen Listen to responses. Because that's what you're going to be accountable for, husbands. And from that point on, I'm going to treat my wife as my wife. Because she is. I'm not going to disrespect her. She's the only one that's going to satisfy my body. Amen?